The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. We want to continue to make this podcast better and we need your help to do it. We created a short survey that'll help us to get to know you better and we want to hear from you. This is your chance to make sure that we are creating content that speaks to your unique needs. There's a link in the description below. Now let's get to the episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome to our practice session. In our practice sessions, we invite our featured guests to show off their negotiation and conflict resolution skills in a realistic scenario. In this session, I want you to pay attention to what our guest does and not to what I do, because while they are trying to show off their skills and teach you, I'm trying to frustrate their efforts in different ways through things like aggression, annoyance, emotionality, or awkwardness. And then after the practice session, we debrief and talk about what worked, what didn't work, and what you can use in your next difficult conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to the sparring session. Yes, as promised, we have Lisa Lang here with us, uh, negotiation extraordinaire. And of course, I, Kwame Christian, am going to be the, the guy that everybody hates <laughs> in this negotiation. And so here's the scenario. So Lisa is representing a, a restaurant chain. And so because of the pandemic, there are not people, as many people going into the restaurants. And during the shutdown, nobody was going into the restaurants. And so as a result, they don't need <laughs> that much toilet paper. Um, and that's what my company is. I'm the lawyer representing the uh, toilet paper company. Let's call it Kwame's Toilet Paper Company. I, I own it and I'm a lawyer. What a fantastic combination. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation Lisa's going to let me know that there needs to be a, re a reduction. I'm going to be difficult. And we're going to work through this initial part of the conversation where Lisa wants to be collaborative. And I'm not into that at all. And then we're going to break it down after the fact. So this sound good, Lisa? Absolutely. Can't wait. Perfect. <laughs> all right. And let's begin. Lisa, thanks for taking the call. Hey, thanks, Kwame. I'm so glad that uh, we had an opportunity to connect. I really need to talk to you about this uh, this toilet paper contract. Yeah, and um, I, I've been I've been dreading this call because I've been getting a lot of these calls uh, recently. I, I think I have a pretty good idea of what you're going to say, but go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, as you know, the contract uh, provides uh, a stipulation in there that um, that we are going to have to buy a certain percentage of uh, toilet paper um, for this quarter. And, you know, with this pandemic, uh, the store has really taken a hard hit uh, with the executive orders in place. Not as many people are able to come into the restaurant. We have to socially distance. Um, we can only have 15% of our capacity. And so we're really doing everything we can with all of our contracts to reduce them um, because we really just don't have the need or the, the money to be able to continue to be purchasing um, at the same level with all of our vendors. Yeah. And Lisa, I get it. Right. Um, I've been fielding calls like this all day, um, all week. This is all I've been talking about. And I understand this is tough for you, but it's tough for everybody. It's tough for me. It's tough for my company. Uh, we're struggling right now, too. And the, the last 10 clients I talked to, they're struggling, too. And then the next 10 calls that I have on my calendar, um, I'm anticipating the same thing. Everybody's struggling. 
Yeah. And, and I really do appreciate that. And, you know, I've been having these conversations with vendors as well. And, and what we've been trying to do is trying to figure out some ways that we can um, work together. Um, I understand that um, this is not something that you're going to be able to do on the long term, but I'm, I'm really hoping you'll work for us because uh, work with us to solve this problem. Because if you don't, quite frankly, I don't know if my client is going to be able to continue to operate. And if we don't operate, um, we're not going to be able to be uh, continue to be a client. And heck, if we um, have to file for bankruptcy, you don't have a secured interest in any of, in any of the invoices that we still owe you. And I just don't know how that it is beneficial for you or for us to not try and find a way forward um, to, to, redu- to reduce um, your requirements um, of what we need to purchase right now. I mean, well, Come on, let's be honest. Is is toilet paper going to send you into bankruptcy? Is that what you're trying to say? I don't think that's that's realistic here. You know, the the thing is, we we have the contract. The contract states it. I, I we're we're not in bankruptcy discussions now. So let's let's not talk about that yet. Let's just talk about the contract and and what we can do to make sure that we can hold firm on these numbers because that's what we agreed to. That's why we made this contract, because we said, huh, based on this number, this works for us. And now you're here trying to change the game. How's that fear for us? Yeah, well, and, and, and I have two points for that. Number one, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, this this one contract is not going to make or break us. But I'm having the same conversation with a variety of other uh, vendors. Um, and I'm just hoping that if, if everybody uh, gives a little bit for us and helps us through this period, that we will be able to get through. And the other point I would like to make, I understand um, that you have indicated that you're suffering as well. Um you know, I, I've seen a lot of shortages of toilet paper in a, in a lot of grocery stores right now. So, you know, can you explain to me how this pandemic has, has so negatively impacted you all? Because it looks like, um, from my perspective, that toilet paper is really in, in a pretty big demand right now. Yeah, well, I mean, in just uh, to put it simply, our supply chain is messed up right? It, it's really tough. And so, yes, the, the, the toilet paper in the stores is at, uh, there, there are issues supplying that, right? Um, thankfully, though, for us, we don't supply to stores. We only do corporate. And so it's a very strange situation where the toilet paper that goes to the stores, um, there's not very much of it, but the toilet paper that goes to corporations, there's a lot of it because people are staying home. And so you'll, you'll recognize there's a bit of a difference. There's higher quality toilet paper that's in the stores, different company. Um, you know, I, I love my company. I love what we produce, but it's frankly lower quality toilet paper that goes to the corporate ro- uh, uh, our corporate clients too. So it's, it's a different supply chain. That's why we're seeing that discrepancy. Um, but it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense the, the way that you're saying this. I, I just still, again, I, I, I would hate to have to, to litigate this. I, we, we've been working together for a long time um, and I just don't see what value there is to me yet to, to, to adjusting the position. Is it, is, it the, is it that you don't have and like enough money to, to fill this order? Is that what the problem is? In large part, absolutely. Um, you know, we don't, because of the, the social distancing that is required within the restaurant, we don't have near as many customers coming in. And without as many customers coming in, 
um, we just are not bringing in the same kind of income. Yes, it's true. We've tried to pivot a little bit and then we're doing uh, takeout orders where it's it's something we've not done before, but uh, that really isn't making up for the loss and the clientele that we've had. And, you know, I understand your position. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately we're a small mom and pop restaurant and um, we don't have a lot of buying power with you because you're a great big company. And if you choose to continue to push and force um, the, this contract on us, I, I would hope that there would be some cat compassion and empathy for some of, of uh, these smaller businesses, because I don't think it, it's a good look for big companies to um, be absolutely unwilling to negotiate with some of the smaller businesses that have been customers forever. We've enjoyed this relationship. Um, my clients' uh, parents and their parents um, had you as a vendor, and um, we we would really like to um, continue that relationship. And and you know, quite honestly, if 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 you are going to be firm in the position and that the contract holds and you're not willing to do anything at all, then, you know, maybe, maybe it is not worth for us to continue to have this conversation because quite frankly, I don't know what else to do at this point. And scene. Oh, I love this. Lisa, you are great. I knew you would be. This God, I was good. sitting there thinking, I don't know what to say. He's so unreasonable. <laughs> this is not how my other negotiations went. Good. Yes. That's I mean, the goal. What? You can get toilet paper. It's a different thing with companies. I, I, am, uh, I You know, I usually when I end these things, it's like I'm running out of imagination. You know, I was like, what else can I say that is totally preposterous? Um, but this is great because the goal is to be worse than what you would really experience. Right. Wow. And and so you had fantastic responses. So I took a, I took a few notes and then let, let's chat about it. Hi, I'm Kevin Kanapke, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at the American Negotiation Institute. Did you know our company offers completely customizable negotiation workshops? The negotiation and conflict resolution skills that your team will learn from these workshops are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram accounts to see our daily negotiation content. Thanks for listening. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. First, okay. I like how at the beginning you were instantly, at the very beginning, framing it collaboratively, using things like let's work together, 
right? Again, if you're saying this isn't an, an adversarial type of thing for us, you have a problem, I have a problem, let's work together. Um, your goal was very clear and very simple. I want to continue to operate. That was something that you said um, and avoid bankruptcy. And then when I challenged you in the most unreasonable ways, uh, where I essentially said, I don't care if you go bankrupt. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> every, every time, no matter how unreasonable, you said, I understand what you're saying, and then provided a quick summary of what I said to demonstrate your understanding. Even if it was preposterous, you let me feel as though I was heard, which was great. And then you made it clear that you're not asking me to take a disproportionate portion of the, of the responsibility of, of your security here. Um, you said, if everybody is able to give a little bit here, then we can survive and continue to, to work with you. And you made it clear that it's the what's in it for me type of thing, right? Because I'm like, money's in it for me. Give me the money, <laughs> right? And you said, well, if you want to keep getting money, um, you need us to be alive <laughs> in order to do that. And you did a really great job of making that clear and continuing to go back to that. I think a lot of times people make the mistake of, of trying to get style points in these conversations by diversifying the reasoning and rationale. You don't need to do that when the, like, when the reasoning here is so powerful and legitimate, right? I need to survive. You want money. Let's find a way to do that. And you kept going back to that, which was good. Um, one time when you were responding to my, uh, what I said, you said, I have two points that I want to share on that. First point, second point. I think it makes it less likely for people to interrupt when you say I have two points because when they only heard the first one, they say, well, she said two, another one is coming. So I think that was a really good way to kind of organize that sequence, that that uh, that portion of the conversation. Um, and then I liked when you uh, pushed it on me. Can you explain to me, right? Um, you, you said, okay, you know, I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to gather information asking about the supply chain when I had to, you know, make up a lot of, a lot of nonsense there. Um, that was, <laughs> that was really good. And I, towards the end, as I continued to be unreasonable, you gave a warning, not a threat, but a warning, which is, which is a really expert move, right? Because if it's a threat, you're saying, I am doing this to you. Yeah, I am going to sue. I'm going to declare bankruptcy. I, this is what I'm doing. It's my choice. But you made it so it's my choice instead. And there's a really, really simple but very powerful uh, semantic distinction there. Because what you said is, if you choose to continue then I will have no choice but to do this, right? The, the choice is mine. Yeah. And so it was ultimately empowering, not disempowering, which I thought was really, really, really well done because you said it's not a good look. So it's not just hitting from the money angle, but also the, um, the public uh, relations angle too. It's like, hey, this toilet paper company loves to crush small businesses. Um, yeah. <laughs> not very good. So yeah. kudos to you. This was, this was really great. And I do think, you know, and that's what I've learned being with a small public HBCU is that we don't have a lot of leverage and we don't have a lot of buying power. And so I've had to learn to do that because there's been bigger companies that are like, so you're going to take your business elsewhere. So what? Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to find your power. You have to find your power and the there are different ways that you can get your power right um the societal power is, is yeah. legitimate public relations what 
what are the other parties that are looking? Who are the other parties? Because it's never just two companies negotiating in a vacuum. There are other right. people that are going to watch. And especially if you're a public university and HBCU, um, it's not going to look good if they're just a steam. Yeah, the only public HBCU in Kentucky. I like to like hammer that. Oh, and we're the smallest and only HBC, public HBCU in Kentucky. If, they, if that's what you want to do, then, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what what I could do to, 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 to dissuade you from moving forward in this way, but doesn't look to me like it would be a good look. No, this is great. And this, for you, when you were on the other side of somebody acting like this, um, uh-huh. what was your mentality when it came to holding your position in terms of the frame, framing this collaboratively when I was trying so hard to make it adversarial? Yeah, I mean, I just... It, it's never been useful to me to turn it into an adversarial position. If it becomes clear that you are so entrenched in your position, there is no reason to continue to talk. I'm not going to start threatening and, and, and reducing myself, in my view, to the tactics you're using, because to me, they're not helpful. And if you're not willing to negotiate in this manner, then there's really no reason for us to continue to have the conversation. Yes. And so I, I, let's focus in on the word you used, reducing yourself. And mm-hmm. I think about it in terms of not really a, a moral type of perspective, but just in a, the way that you're going to carry yourself type of perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to reduce who I am to have to roll around in the mud with you. Right. Um, um, that's one thing. But also reduce your, your value and uh, position too. Because what you did at the end when you said, listen, if if you choose to continue, that that's your choice. But I, I you know, you're essentially signaling that I'm I'm willing to end this negotiation. And right. a lot of times we give up a lot of power when we make it clear to the other side that we need them more than they need us. Right. And if I feel as though if we would have continued to say, wait, please come back, let's try and work this out too much, then it would have seemed like you're subordinating yourself. Right. in that position. And it might've actually emboldened me to say, aha, I have the leverage. Okay. I'm going to, right. I'm going to push harder. They have but, to know that I'm willing to walk away. Exactly. Exactly. And that's so hard to do, especially considering your, your position in this negotiation. Um, but you have to be willing to signal that. And you did it in a really powerful way. Oh, thank you. It was much better than I thought it would be. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I think um, a lot of folks, whenever they're confronted with the, the prospect of a sparring session, they're afraid at first. They're like, oh, I mean, this uh, recorded negotiation, that's kind of weird. But then, hey, lest we forget, you're an expert negotiator. You do this all the time. You just rely on the skills and the skills pull you through. Yeah, well, and, and I really do appreciate it because um, I, I I do rely on a lot of um, the material that you put out and I find it very, very helpful. So thank you. I appreciate that. No, this was, this was really, really great. I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to showcase your expertise. Um, uh, I know that's not easy to do, <laughs> you know, it's easy to talk theory, but then when it's like, well, show us, Oh no. <laughs> so, so kudos to you. I appreciate it. And um, again, before you go, uh, let the listeners know about uh, how they can connect. Yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn right now. That's, that's probably the best way to find me. Perfect. Lisa, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Congratulations. You've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. 
what most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.